So I'm uh, very happy today to have Christopher Lowell. He is the former head of innovation at the Hartford, uh, created the Small Commercial Innovation Lab, and currently is uh, involved in a number of different projects, uh, both from a consulting perspective as well as uh, you know, having some hands-on operational involvement. So Christopher, welcome. Pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this. Thanks. Yeah, great. So um, I think you've got a really interesting background in the way you got into the industry, et cetera. So maybe you could just uh, let everybody know kind of what your path has been. Sure. Uh, so thanks for that. Um, so I, I didn't grow up in insurance. Uh, I joined the insurance industry a little bit late. I had spent uh, about 10 years being a strategy and management consultant. Uh, I was with Bain & Company for a few years. Uh, after my MBA, I took the time you know, before kids to, to live abroad, lived in London and South Africa for a few years. Um, I came back to the States and I joined Liberty Mutual. Uh, my role there was part of corporate strategy. So I worked with the, the heads of business units and the other executives on whatever their largest strategic issue of the day was. Um, but luckily for me, that meant I got to see a, the full value chain of insurance. So that's from the uh, marketing, distribution, sales, underwriting, product, actuarial, claims, uh, service, IT, HR, legal, and finance, sort of every bit of the insurance company. In around 2015 or 16, uh, it was about the time that the word insurtech was first being used or you know, bantered about. Um, I, I realized through all of my work and research that there were a number of trends and things and technologies coming out that were either going to, you know, they were going to change the industry either by evolution or by revolution. And um, I began spending my time uh, trying to help the organization understand what those things were, the potential size and impact, and what types of capabilities we would need you know, within the walls of Liberty at the time um, to, to either take advantage of those as opportunities or to defend against them if we consider them threats. You know, you were really in the cockpit in, in, in building a lab for the Hartford. So, um, you know... Could, could you share a little bit about sort of what that experience was like, how you decided to take that on and 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 kind of what was important to you in building that out? Sure, uh, absolutely. Um, so just took a step back, you know, I was at I was at Liberty um, uh, and enjoying my work and the Hartford came and made me a really fun opportunity, to be perfectly honest, which was um, build a brand new small business innovation lab or small commercial innovation lab from scratch um, at the Hartford. And I jumped at that opportunity, um, so I, I loved it and loved every minute. Um, the The Hartford is a, a, I would say, sort of a clear leader in the small commercial space. It's their bread and butter. It's their crown jewel. And what that meant was that you could actually innovate from a position of strength, which I think is what you. I think there are two there are two different types of innovation um, that you can go about, and I'm not sure the hybrid in the middle is good at all. But the other two ends are okay. Um, one is innovate from a position of strength and know that you're a leader and know that you want to take that and go even further. 
And the other is your burning platform innovation, where your business model is no longer sustainable. And if you do not innovate, you will go out of business. One of the reasons why the Hartford is uh, so good at small commercial is because their executive and and management team um, are true experts on the day-to-day running of their core business, Um, you know, primarily, uh, almost exclusively uh, independent agent-led with a core suite of primarily workers' comp and BOP and a little bit of commercial auto. um, and entirely in, in the U.S. Um, so it's, they, they run that business incredibly well. Um, what I was brought in to do is essentially lift my head up a little bit and think, what will the small commercial landscape look like in five to seven years? Uh, what will distribution patterns look like? What will our customers look like? What products will be most interesting? Um, and then build small versions of each of those, sort of test and learn and experiment um, to build out new businesses, new products, new channels, new concepts um, in a small, non-robust, scrappy way to test out whether or not the market liked it, we were able to build it, or did we trip over our own procurement and compliance organizations, yep. et cetera? Um, and, and, you know, how might we tweak it before bringing it back to the more robust version of the core? Got it. So, you know, were there sort of build by partner decisions that you were making in how, how, to, how to create these offerings? Absolutely. Um, uh, and to be perfectly honest, um, you know, I think I went in with an with a with a viewpoint that most things that insurance companies do, honestly, others might do better, and that the thing that insurance carriers do really well, and the Hartford does incredibly well, especially in small commercial, is the underwriting and understanding of the nature of their risk, the the risk of a small business owner. Um, so my inclination was to partner a lot, you know, partner excessively on the outside, and really just focus on you know our nut of the underwriting and the the risk side. Um, but I think that's a tough. I think insurance carriers are used to building rather than partnering. I think mm-hmm. partnering is a real challenge for most large incumbents in many ways. Um, I think it's not the bread and, it's not the way executives have grown up over the past thirty years. It's not the way that their procurement organizations are comfortable dealing with things. Um, and a lot of the partners who are doing the most interesting work um, that might be in techs or startups um, are small. And they, they don't, they, they may be, I don't really want to say less secure, but they're, they're small, they're scrappy. They're, they're people with an idea and some data and a website, not some sort of Fort Knox type website that is uh, impenetrable to, to trolls, to, to other, right. other people. Um, and they don't have a brand that is, you know, in the Hartford's case, 210 years old, um, yep. that needs to be you know, it needs to be slowly nurtured and, and, and you know, kept safe. Um, so partnering is a real challenge. So we ended up within the lab, you know, sort of building most of our own things. When we're evaluating talent, we look at, you know, we, we call it three levels, appear to, can do, and will do. And some of the will do is that psychometric sort of piece, the mindset piece that you were talking about at the end. You know, how, how did you sort of evaluate that trying to do something unique within a, you know, a pretty big organization like the Hartford? I think I was looking for people who knew that we were trying to build real products, 
right? Like we were not, we were not going to be a concept studio. Our output was not going to be PowerPoint slides um, or or just mock-ups. Like we were, we were there to deliver real products that could sell a real policy. Um, I also needed to hire people who did understand and were comfortable with the idea that no matter how flexible and exciting our lab was going to be, um, we were part of a 210-year-old corporate organization, right? Um, we have you know, real shareholders and the executives of the company have you know, real demands that means that you know, what we're building are not playthings and that the robustness, the compliance matters deeply and compliance and other you know, attributes mean that lots of people throughout the organization are going to care about what we're doing because no one's going to let us sort of you know, sink the big ship. Um, and so I need to find people who are comfortable knowing that there is going to be a little red tape and there is going to be a little bureaucracy uh, as we try and uh, build things. Um, but I do think that finding people who are scrappy uh, was probably the, the best thing that we were looking for. Scrappy and happy to work as a team. Right, like I'll admit that the skill set was sometimes secondary to getting them in a room and seeing how well they jived with the rest of the team, yeah. how well they they traded ideas, how open they were to new ideas. Right, like it's um, someone uh, someone said, you know, you can kill any great idea if you ask enough questions, and what you really want are, are people who instead of asking questions that cut things down, that they ask questions that multiply opportunity. Um, right. And that's what an innovation lab needs to, you know, to have a lot of. If someone is maybe working in a carrier today or you know, working in some aspect of insurance and is interested in getting into a lab or you know, try, trying to help influence innovation or drive influence, innovation within organization, what advice might you give them as to kind of how to, how to try to set themselves up for that opportunity? Yeah, sure. Um, so I would say that one, there are a lot of opportunities to do that. So um, y- you, if you plug in to just a few of the right people, and honestly, they're welcome to reach out to me, and I'm happy to sort of talk them through it. There are both a lot of opportunities and a lot of people who want to help them through that. Right. Um, I will say that if you look at the broader um, innovation and insure tech space. There are a ton of people who are flooding to the insurance market, not because they know anything about insurance, but because it's big, old, considered antiquated, um, and it's you know you know it's got a lot of money flowing through it. So there's a ton of opportunity. Those people really do need subject matter experts. So if you are currently in the insurance industry and have real expertise. I guarantee you there's a space for you somewhere in sort of helping out um, uh, an insure tech. Um, what is, and I will say it's a growing skill set of insure techs. I'm not sure this is always true, but um, of learning how to manage that type of insurance specific subject matter expertise. Because I think you're right, it very often does come with um, what I'll call sort of like a, uh, a more than healthy dose of of underwritingness to it, um, you know, underwriting is the art and science of saying no to something. You, you determine what risks you simply don't want, uh, yeah. and you walk away from them. And uh, that's a tough feeling or culture or emotion for the uh, for for innovation labs, startups, and sure techs to really manage. Um, so if you're you know listening to this podcast and say I'm in insurance now, I have expertise. 
And, you know, I, I do want to go out and help as many people as possible. And, you know, my first thought about them is, is about themselves and helping them mitigate risk and things like that, rather than how do I, you know, create a profitable book as my first thing I wake up in the morning. Um, then I think, uh, you know, you, you might not be in the right place and you should go find a great opportunity and reach out to me. I'd love to chat. Are, are you seeing any venues or, or maybe for organizations that don't quite have the resources that a Hartford has um, to do this type of innovation in other ways? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, there are, uh, you know, a, a number of uh, sort of incubator t- or innovation platform type um, type entities out there. Um, one of the ones that I, um, you know, uh, work with and, and push forward is a, comp- is a nonprofit called Insure. I-N-N-S-U-R-E. And it is a nonprofit focused on pushing innovation within the insurance industry. And it creates a platform. They've already built out a platform, a legal framework, an intellectual property framework, and a partnership and equity framework by which multiple different stakeholders, whether that be multiple different carriers or a carrier and a broker and an entrepreneur, whatever it is, um, can, can work together on a concept and essentially create a joint venture. It's almost like a joint venture incubator in a box. Um, and I think that works really well for uh, companies that don't have the bandwidth to create their own lab, don't have the, the, the budget to necessarily do so, um, but who, who do want, bo- who, who know they need to test and experiment in order to keep their current business model uh, alive and healthy. Um, so if, if anyone has more questions about that, also reach out to me. So, you know, really appreciate your time. Uh, you know, anything else you would want to add? Anything I, I, I missed that you, you'd like to add for the group before we wrap up? Um, only that, you know, I, I push forward a number of um, entrepreneurial activities. So if you have an interesting idea or just want to reach out uh, and discuss your own idea, I'm always here to, uh, to do so. So I appreciate it very much. All right. Well, Christopher Lowell, very much appreciate your time and sharing, you know, some of your wisdom and learnings from from your path in innovation and insurance. And, uh, you know, look forward to uh, seeing what what you're up to next. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.